Hey, everybody. Welcome to Westworld The Recapables. This is the audio of our live podcast that we did immediately after the show Sunday night. Uh, bear with us here. I say a couple of times that we're going to have another episode tomorrow. By that, I meant Tuesday. Our regular Tinfoil Tuesday will be there in your podcast queue first thing Tuesday morning. In the meantime, enjoy this wonderful bonus, super regular, normal edition of Westworld Recapitals. My God. My God. It's everyone! Welcome to Westworld, the Recapables Live. We're part of the Ringer Podcast Network. I am your host, David Shoemaker. We just watched season two, episode 10, The Passenger, and hopefully so did you, because that would be weird if you didn't. We're doing this <laughs> after airing, as I just said. So unlike most weeks, we do have subtitles, or we did. We're monitoring Reddit groupthink as we speak. Uh, but this is live, so we still don't have a safety net. I'm joined for my laboratory debriefing tonight by, uh, oh, I should say, in the flesh, by <laughs> Michael Peters, by Juliet Lettman, and to borrow a phrase from our lady Dolores, <clears throat> of course, you're here. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Danny Heifetz. <laughs> I just might file a grievance. Uh, go ahead, man, go ahead. In this episode, to make things brief, we got... The big showdown at the Valley Beyond. We got a whole lot of dying. Uh, we got some souls escaping into robot heaven and a few making it to the world outside. And to put icing on the cake, Charlotte and William uh, weren't who we thought they were, to say the least. Guys, that's just um, a little bit of what happened in this episode. But now, here's everything that happened in Season 2, Episode 10, The Passenger. We begin or end more on that later, just like we did in the season opener with Dolores and Bernard and Fidelity testing. Back then, of course, we knew this was Arnold or we thought this was Arnold, and then we realized it was Bernard 30 years ago, and now we know we'll, we'll get to that later. Okay, so Dolores is lying with Teddy, who just shot himself. She pulls out his brain ball and pockets the remnant of the bullet he shot himself with and rides off to find William, who's still digging in his arm to find out if he's a host, and boy, that armhole must be deep by now. He killed Emily. <laughs> it's her fault Teddy's dead, and they're <clears throat> more alike than they seem. Nope, says Dolores, but she's taking him to the Valley Beyond anyway. Akichida and Ghost Nation are already headed there with a group of host survivors, and Charlotte's on her way there, too, with the Delos squad and Super Clementine. It's a reunion! Meanwhile, Roland the Terrible Lab Tech is about to turn off Maeve for good. This is it for you, darling. But Maeve summons some undead hosts who kill Roland and start sewing her up. Hector and the rest of Maeve's posse find Sizemore and head in to save Maeve, except she doesn't need their help! She's got robot bulls! Personally, I would have saved those bulls for later on, but that's just me. Safe to assume they're headed for the Valley Beyond, too. Bernard gets to the forge first, but fast on his heels are Dolores and William, who ride up just in time to save him from some Delos guards. William's like, oh, hey, it's Arnold, and Dolores is like, yep, I made him. William shoots Dolores repeatedly, which she must have expected because she put Teddy's uh, bullet into his gun, and yep, it backfires and blows his hand off. Dolores and Bernard ditch William and go into the forge, where they activate Abernathy's control unit and go into the Matrix and into a cradly Sweetwater, and then they see them testing the James Delos consciousness, and then they warp into Jim Delos' mansion, where they find Logan, who's the deus in this here Machina. You're the system controlling this place. As Logan tells it, it took him, aka the system, 18 million tries, but he finally made a perfect James Delos, and he figured out that a human is a simple algorithm, which definitely means that none of them had free will, I guess. Then they find the great library of guest consciousnesses. Oh, and Bernard previously told Logan to let Dolores do whatever she wanted there to learn about her human enemies. She grabs Carl Strand's book, which I guess is meaningful. Logan says Bernard created a virtual Eden for all the hosts in the forge. 
And they open up the door. Wait, did you say door? Yes, I did. And um, it's a literal crack in the Westworld space-time continuum. Back to Maeve's crew, who are all under assault by Delos soldiers. Hector is going to distract them, but Sizemore is like, allow me, and yells out one of his cool monologues, and then he gets shot, which seems like kind of an ineffectual move, but at least it was fun while it lasted. Maeve and her crew arrive at the door, just in time to see Akeisha's followers start crossing over into the Promised Land. Great, right? Nope. Here comes Clementine. All the hosts start killing each other, and Armistice kills Clem, but it doesn't matter. The slaughter is still on. Maeve goes to save her daughter while the others try to stop the massacre. Maeve gets her daughter and the new mom through the door, and on the other side, Maeve's replacement mom turns into Maeve, and Akeisha and Ghost Nation make it through, and hey, Kohana's there too. In the real world, though, Maeve gets shot dead by the Delos soldiers, but she smiles. Meanwhile, back in the forge, Dolores is like, I read three books, that's basically all the books, and now I'm just going to flood the place. <laughs> it's fake Eden anyway, because that which is real is irreplaceable. This is the lesson we've learned, and she wants the real world now. Bernard says, I won't let you kill anymore, I don't trust you, and Dolores is like, come on, where my old-timey vagary is not clear enough for you, and Bernard shoots her in the head. He stops the destruction of the valley beyond, but the flood keeps flooding, and then he grabs the key, the key and hops an elevator back to topside. Meanwhile, William wakes up outside the forge and stumbles in and takes the elevator down for like 45 minutes. Come on. Come on. That's pretty much all you need to know about him. Bernard is back with Elsie and Hale in the control room, and Elsie freezes Bernard and tries to make a deal with Charlotte, but Charlotte's like, nope, you're a goody-goody, and kills her. Bye, Elsie. Bernard freaks out and tries to undo move Ford to trash or whatever he did last episode, and Ford reappears. Bernard says humans are just algorithms who think they're calling the shots, but they're just episode title alert passengers. Ford asks, does Bernard really want this kind to survive? Bernard says yes, so let's get this party started. Let's jump to the flash-forward Carl Strand timeline, where Strand and Stubbs have a macho showdown about whether to save humans or find Peter Abernathy's control unit. Charlotte sends Stubbs off, and Strand and Bernard and Charlotte go head for the forge, where they find Dolores dead, which is uh, more significant when you see it in the real order. Uh, they, they finally start uploading all the data to a satellite, and Bernard is being all mumbledy, saying, I killed them, I made a choice, and Strand is like, what are you saying? And Bernard says, the them that he killed was the human data. And psych, you're uploading host data right now, you idiot. Oh, and Bernard brought her back. Who, you may ask? Dolores. Dolores is who he brought back, and he brought her back in Charlotte's body with crazy assassin skills. She kills the Delos contingent and sends the host to a place will never be found, and I mean, of course, she also kills Bernard. Bernard and Ford share a sweet beachside farewell, where it turns out Ford wasn't <laughs> really there. He was only Bernard talking to a memory of himself, or whatever. You're not here, are you? Dolores' Charlotte, or Charloris, I guess we're going to call her, is walking up on the beach where Stubbs is evacuating the remaining humans, and they have a winking conversation that implies Stubbs knows who she is, and I guess that he's a host too. Charloris leaves in a boat with a, with a purse full of brain balls. Oh, and uh, William is laid out in a tent on the beach also, so he's still around. Back to that first scene with Dolores debriefing Bernard, but guess what? It wasn't in the past, it's the future, or I guess it's the present now, and it's in the basement of Arnold's house, out in the real world, and aw, Charlotte is there too, and they're remaking the hosts in the outside world. Dolores says she and Bernard 2.0 will obviously be on opposite sides of the battle to come, aka season three, but she will let him live anyway, and she and Charlotte leave Bernard to make his own choices, and with Radiohead's codex playing, out into the world he goes. But that's not the end, because we have a post credit scene! William finally gets off the elevator, and the present and the future, who knows, and emerges into a totally burnout forge, with those weird tower thingies sticking up out of the ground. And who does he find but Emily, the host version, who's giving William a fidelity test? So he is a host? So she was one too? Uh, anyway, I'm pretty sure he's a host, but who knows how long he's been a host, and really, who knows if it matters if humans have even less free will than the robots? So read that however you want. And that, I guess, is the question we've been searching for all season, that no system can tell us who the man in black is. 
that we have a fucking choice. That was a lot. That was a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Too much, almost, you know? Uh, I don't know, like an hour and a half of... A lot of what the fuck moments. Yeah, the, we we talked about this as the show was going on. I mean, it, I, I am as big a fan of the show as it comes, and that was an awesome episode. We we got to we got to watch it twice, thankfully. Which just to point out that that as you know, Heif had said that it was better on the second watch, and I, I I agree with that for sure. But there was a lot crammed into that ninety minutes, and part of the nature of just putting together this like mystery box of a show is that you know you're keeping a lot of secrets that don't really need to be kept secret or you don't know what secrets are going to matter by the end. And there, so you spend night, you have to have 90 minutes of people just explaining what the answers are. There are still a couple of twists tonight that I was like, why? Like, what is the point of this? <laughs> I actually, can I start asking questions? Am I allowed to do that? You can. We're going to start off the show by running through the characters and then okay. we're going to get to some bigger questions. But see, off the bat, what, what what's, what's bothering you? What's the point of having Dolores train Bernard and then Bernard train Dolores like the kind of like feedback loop of revivals and resuscitations between those two yes. I, I don't really get the point of that well they've got you saying free feedback loop so in some sense <laughs> so, this, is, this is really a success this is kind of like a cognitive game of telephone um, which versions of them exist now I mean so the big the big shocking moment at the actually there were two big shocking moments that came right at the end of the show I was watching people online reacting to it and about with about 30 minutes to go people were like wow I can't believe we know all this stuff. And and that was before, one, we found out that in the most flash-forward timeline, Charlotte Hale has been Dolores the whole time. And two, if you stuck around for the post-credit sequence, and I hope you did, otherwise you missed out, um, it turned out that the man in black was confirmed, I guess, to be a host, um, at least through the time that we've known him. Uh, That's my biggest question, is when when does William die? Um, well, who do you want to start with? Let's start with William. We were just talking about him. So we're going to run through the characters here and as quickly as possible, try to figure out what just happened to them and what happened to them more broadly and where they might go from here. So the first one we're going to deal with is uh, William, a.k.a. the Man in Black, a.k.a. the legendary Ed Harris. Um... <laughs> Uh, Delivering the best line of dialogue on the show so far, I think. Which is what? Which is, uh, damn, I'm already in the thing, aren't I? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) That was was line of the night for me. Uh, It was really impressive. I mean, uh, overall, this was not a banner episode for Ed Harris or for William. Uh, He spent... He, we, we we find him first digging in his arm to see if he's a human or a host, which is where we left him last week. And the answer, he didn't seem to have dug far enough to find an answer yet. I don't know. He must have been Metaphors. Not, like, huh? Metaphors. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, and then he got, he gets, uh, Dolores and he kind of have a moment. She says, you know, you're a monster, but I need a monster to get to the valley beyond. And apparently her whole plan was to bring him there so that he would, Shoot her and or try what? to shoot her and shoot his own hand yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, what is it? What does she mean? Like, I need a monster to make it there. And then the next, like, the next time that you see them, their entire journey is just them riding on horseback and talking about life. It's not like unless she. Also, the truest monster is Dolores. Like, she has sure. killed the most people. So Eat. does she? Does she need a wingman or does she need a monster? It's really interesting. I think we spent most of this season, and we're not talking about Dolores, but we spent. <laughs> we are. We, we spent most of this season. Uh, slowly establishing Dolores that Dolores was the big bad. Well, I guess I thought that from the beginning and we talked about this, but it was unclear when we were supposed to like sense the turn from the showrunner's perspective. We'll get to that in a minute. But the man in black 
uh, went and helped Dolores save Bernard from those Delos guards. Then he tried to shoot Dolores. His hand, he blows his own hand off and he lies outside of the forge for the rest of the episode until he decides to get on an elevator, which takes the next 30 or to 45 minutes of showtime. Yeah, I don't think any of that happened. I think that was in a simulation. We'll get to that later. So at the very <laughs> end, in the final in the final scene, after the credits, he gets off the elevator, finds his daughter, uh, Emily, or uh, approximation Grace. thereof. Yeah. And then she basically debriefs him because he's been a host this whole time and she does the whole test. And just like we saw him doing to Jim Delos earlier in the season, um... Yeah, I mean, it should, we should say we also saw him, we saw a host version of him, or they they walked past one earlier in the episode too, so it wasn't like a total, total shock, but I guess it could have just been that they were developing the bodies of every human who had been in the been in the park. Uh, Except for that knowing turn that he takes while he's sitting in the observation room while they're walking by. Yeah. Which was, I didn't know if there was supposed to be some sort of significance to that. I think that there's just a deeper level of intelligence going on amongst all of these hosts in the Forge. What are you going to say, Danny? I, I thought the beginning of the episode was terrible. Like, it was immensely frustrating because he's at this critical moment, and Dolores just finds him. Yeah. And then Dolores is magically like, let's pair up. And he's like, okay. And then they just find Bernard. They happen to meet him right there. And you're like, how is this all coming together so perfectly? And I think at the end of the episode, after rewatching it, I think the answer is that actually didn't happen so perfectly. That it didn't actually happen, like it didn't happen because of a simulation, or you're saying like you go back and you you like interpret it differently now that you've seen it two two times. Uh, I wish I actually brought my tinfoil hat with me. Part <laughs> of my inclination is that uh, that actually might not have been going on exactly as we thought, because the elevator, basically the elevator where he landed, I don't know. I th mm. think he ended up being All right, an, an, el <laughs> an elevator. To who knows where? He, there's the most uh, lingering questions about William of all of the characters. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and and obviously, at least old questions. Okay, here, here's what we do know, and this isn't like a concrete thing, but we know that that whether or not he was a human or a host was a central. I mean, was that it was intended to be a central mystery of the season, not just it's not just a crackpot Reddit you know groupthinks experiment. Um, and then at the end, we got. You know, uh, told very straightforwardly, uh, so far as far as Westworld goes, that he <laughs> was indeed a host. The question, I guess, that remains is how long has he been a host? Is the entire time we've known Ed Harris was he a host? You and know, when did it, he die? Yeah, um, we'll get to that when we talk about moving forward. But anyway, that's what we got with him, and and we also, uh, I mean, we still don't know about his daughter either. But we'll we'll get to all that when well, we look forward at the end of the show. The the thing with Emily that's particularly relevant again is when we first meet her, she's doing her own tests to, to discern if it's a human or a host. Yeah, and then that scene now seems a lot more important when she was the person who's like maybe training the um, host versions of her father. So yeah. it's almost like she she was, she's the one, it's not as much um, her father, but it's really her who has the hardest time discerning between what's real and what's not. Y yeah, I mean, I think the biggest question from that scene for me was, was Emily a host all along? Or was right. that actually her in the park, but there's also a host version that's been training her dad? Again, we'll get to that when we look forward <laughs> at the end. The, the other thing we have to touch on is Dolores, all right? Dolores was... The heroine of the first season, uh, more or less the villain of the second season, at least from a, you know, kind of skewed uh, sense of priorities uh, point of view. And then in this episode, we see her. She finally gets to the forge. She seems to have an incredible working knowledge of what the Valley Beyond and the forge is and the way out. Um, and then at the very and then at the very end, after 
you know, taking many, many uh, shots from guns throughout the, I mean, in this episode alone, sure. she allowed Bernard to shoot her in the head, uh, functional, I mean, which killed her functionally, um, only to be brought back by Bernard later when he decided that he so wanted the host species to survive. Correct me if I'm getting anything wrong here, guys. Yeah, sure. I mean, like that's this is. This and then she seems... comes back in Charlotte Hale's body, escapes the island. Charloris. Char Charloris. <laughs> yeah. the first to pin that down. Charloris. I, I wrote it in a Google Doc three days ago, Danny. I got dibs. The but, so <laughs> the so she comes back. She she escapes the island uh, with a bag full of brain balls, and then she makes it out into the outside world, where she eventually uh, reclones Bernard, uh, puts some other consciousness into Charlotte Hale's body. Puts her, makes her own body to put her own consciousness back in, and now she's like rocking and rolling in the real world, right? I, I yes. believe that's it. Are we certain that she goes back to being Dolores? I mean, we, we can't be certain, but Dolores. Del I thought the, I thought that was the entire conversation that her and Bernard were having in the the hideout in the real world. It's just kind of like you know, oh, okay, this is how we're supposed to know that it actually is Dolores, and we're not yeah. just like trying to figure out. That last scene Got felt it. a lot like. Uh, it didn't feel tacked on in like an uncomfortable way, but all the information that we received in that scene felt a whole lot like uh, like like network notes. Like, mm -hmm. please, like please answer these questions so we won't we don't have to spend the next year people with people asking whether Ev Evan Rachel Wood is coming back to the show. Right. Mm -hmm. She. They did sort of make it clear like who you will see again. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah. there's there's the there's basically five characters that we will have to. And be like, and, next yeah, season. so she left the, She left in the with a bag with five control units. There may have been more, but we saw five control units. Presumably one is not Teddy because it seemed that she beamed him into the Valley Beyond at the end. We'll talk more about the Valley Beyond later. Uh, Bernard must have been one of them. Um, so there are four more. I mean, I don't... There, so, so it looks like our show going forward is um, Bernard, Charlotte, uh, Dolores, and... Uh, Two other. two other people. Well, no, because Charlotte was already out. I mean, right. Charlotte, and 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 we don't. I mean, Dolores was already in Charlotte's body, and we don't know that Charlotte's own brain was in the new Charlotte's body. Right. That could have just been a fabrication, right? <laughs> yeah. We, the, but she doesn't have any I mean, lines could, of dialogue in that final scene, but, so there's no telling. To yeah. come full circle on your question about why they just in this feedback loop of of bringing each other back, I think it comes back to. Dolores quoting a Kichita, which is probably the best line of the entire season. You're only you only live as long as the people who remember you. The right. last person and I think at this them. point, Bernard and Dolores are inextricably linked because they remember each other. Sure. Dolores knows Bernard's the only person who can bring her back. She's clearly is the only person who can bring Bernard back. So they are forever linked in that way. And they do and, need each other in that specific way. Yeah. I mean, if indeed, I mean, who knows how hard of a pivot the show's gonna take, but I couldn't help but think that like we're leaving the old West, you know, where everybody goes to the the church house and, and worships the Bible. We got a lot of there's a lot of religious references in the first uh, Christian religious re references in the in the first two seasons of the show. Now we may or may not be in the East Asian Sea. And this felt very much like a yin, or yin and yang situation with uh, with Bernard and Charlotte. Sure. And they're just going, like, she had to bring him back because she knows this is the way that this grand myth that they're playing out goes. There has to be good and there has to be evil or there has to be two opposing forces. And like she said, that's the only way the species is going to survive. Like, they're really just acting out, like, mythology in real time. It's kind of sure. bizarre. It's, it's interesting that you, like, put it as there has to be a good and bad to survive because that has been intention the whole season, but the good and the bad and who's facing off has shifted so much. Like, it's, we thought this was going to be a season about Maeve versus Dolores, yep. and that's what we were building towards. And that's probably a good time as any to talk about Maeve in this episode because she 
is not really like one person's foil. She is like a both a she's a savior and a martyr. Yeah, absolutely true. She's like the most Jesusy character on the show. Totally Jesusy character, and also totally. I mean, certainly her powers were very important uh, at various points in the season, but um, and especially in the finale. But it didn't seem. I mean, part of it's that we have so many balls in the air that we kind of had to like nice have pun. our farewell thank you to Maeve halfway <laughs> through the show, it felt like. If that was the farewell to Maeve, I will be that furious. Well, no. She get, is the best part of this show. There by was, far. And, yeah, and by just, far. just stunning. I will miss looking at her. No, no, she's not back. She, I, think, I think she'll be back and let's, let's, let's trace how we got there. She wakes up on the table. Roland, the terrible lab tech, is about to kill her. She uses her sort of new, sort of old powers to get some of the dead hosts to come back to life and kill Roland and then save patch and then her up. Patch yeah. her up. Then she gets the bulls and has them kill the Del- the, the Delos SWAT team, that which by the way- should have been epic and that, it sucked. I don't agree. That was my, that's my vote for most gratuitous like technological <laughs> moment and I loved it. I thought Good. it was like I'm beautiful glad. and the music was dope. I might have hung on to some of those bulls for the battle that was to come, but that's just yeah. me. Um, and then- she, along with Hector and Ar- an Armistice and, and the whole crew, get out. And Lee Sizemore, who sacrifices himself, will get this. I mean, I love Lee. You love Lee. She's my favorite character. It seemed I, like a sort of poorly executed plan. I, I, I mean, like, if you're going to lay down your life and, you know, become a martyr, I mean, at least make sure that you buy the people that you're letting get away more than, like, 10 seconds. You know? Yeah, exactly. Hey, and, man, it worked. They got away. You know? <laughs> that was stupid. No, Okay, but was that was terrible. a stylistic choice, but, like, logically, it makes no sense. It also makes no sense at all because, yeah, one, practically, he didn't give them much time to escape because yeah. they have ATVs and just hopping and chase him down. But it's also stupid because he wrote that speech before he had his character change. Mm-hmm. Like, he wrote that when he was still, like, this selfish, van- like yeah. vanity-driven, alcoholic writer. And then he has his whole, like, plot, and he actually learns to, like, oh, stand up for Maeve and be selfless. And then he gives the same speech he wrote when he was, like, a dick. So yeah. he didn't change I don't, at all. I, that's, I, I, have, I have less I, of a problem I with that. I have less quibbles with that than I have with the fact that it would have been the exact same outcome if he just would have been like, hey guys, it's me, Lee. Yeah, yeah. Well, good. Just been like, don't, they were trying to not shoot him and he could have just walked over and be like, hey, yeah, let's go that way. You said something important just now though, which is that he didn't change at all. And I think that was intentional because several times through the extreme amount of exposition, we're told humans don't change, but hosts can. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that he didn't change because it was like being true to the character that was first introduced, going out like he came in and it was supposed to be like, you know, kind of an embodiment of that that supposition that the humans I, won't change, basically. I like that. You're right, because he wrote that for Hector. Yeah. Right, so. And let's, let's so, okay, I, I totally agree with that. That's brilliant. Let's get back to Maeve. So they, they end up at the Valley Beyond, or at the, whatever, where the Valley Beyond where everybody sort of shows up at the same time. The actual door to the Valley Beyond, a physical, like, space-time continuum rift. I can't wait to talk about this. Let's do it. Before we get there, I just want to get, so Maeve <laughs> helps her daughter get through. And new Maeve. And new Maeve. And holds on with, with and the, the 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 gathered hosts who are supposed to be crossing over, but all go insane because Clementine, with her Mave powers, comes and makes them all want to kill each other. Um, Mave holds them all off with her powers just long enough for new Mave and daughter to escape. She Jean Grayed it, right? That happens she, next. Yes, yes, she totally Jean Grayed yes. it, and then <laughs> oh, she Neoed it. Stop. Yeah, no, freeze all motor functions. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then they escape, and she gets shot. She's not quite as bulletproof as Dolores is, or I guess we're using Delos guns and not park guns at this point. I'm. We'll, we'll talk about how bullets work later on too. Uh, <laughs> but the, but no one so knows. she stops it, and then she's dead. She smiles as they escape into into the you know happily ever after. But then at the very end of the show, on the beach, 
Felix and Sylvester are there and some and the Dulles people are like, gather up these hosts, see if you can find any that we can that we can keep and re, you know, that we can repair for later. And they're just like, ah oh, yeah, maybe we like her. So we think so she'll be back. I mean, if she's not, I'm out. I, seriously, I, I just love her so much. It would be devastating. All right, you also, hear that? She, you're you're she, losing Juliet, HBO. <laughs> she does for capes, like, so much. Like, she just looked amazing in that oh, Can in we take a brief detour while sure. we let, like, Danny explain how they're going to bring Maeve back in the next season? Yeah, please please do. I, I just want to know what your theory on this is. For I Maeve know you coming have back? One. Yeah. Oh, so I think the most interesting part of that, obviously, you know, they might get revived and by Felix and Sylvester, but— Clementine, the most interesting part of when they're in the forge and they're wandering through James Delos's memories and they're in the part where he's— When, when Bernard and Dolores are there. Yeah, Bernard yeah. and Dolores see James Delos talking to Clementine at the bar. Uh-huh. Clementine is giving the Maeve speech about crossing into a new world and right. you can be yeah. whoever you want to be. So that really implies that May, that uh, Clementine was the original like madam of the Mariposa uh-huh. and that Maeve actually replaced her. Uh-huh. So they already set up the— obvious parallel between them because Maeve was like, or sorry, Maeve had the powers and then yeah, yeah. Clementine got the Night Queen version of it. Uh-huh. So now that connection goes a lot deeper because now Clementine actually was replaced by Maeve. So I think that some of the driving action of season three will be Maeve versus Clementine. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, I like that. I like that idea too. Um, we will get to the Valley Beyond later. I want to <laughs> just keep cycling through these characters really okay. quick. Uh, since we're talking about the Valley Beyond, Ak- Akichita, um Fulfilled his. I mean, yeah, he he's he's back with his lady. I guess it's he made it to the valley beyond. He saved a bunch of people. And I guess I it's hope he has a wonderful his, life. His his stand, his bottle episode was so concise that it, I guess it it's fitting that his purpose in the finale was pretty A to B. You know, he just sort of <laughs> did a thing and waved some people in, and that was it. Um, he also there's like a nice um, symbolism there of instead of him like riding around searching for something, he finally like arrived at his destination. Absolutely. And no, I think, I that's think, a wrap on him, and it was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, <laughs> and then we also need to talk about uh, Bernard and Ford. Um, <laughs> Bernard's complicated, and Ford, but Ford, will be, I guess, will be a part of the Bernard story. Bernard is, um, we, is it safe to say, Micah? Yes, please. The only reason that flash forwards Carl Strand storyline existed was for the Dolores is Charlotte twist. That seems to be the only reason, especially if, like when Carl Strand gets introduced. It's just very obvious. This is a villain person that we want you to hate, so it'll be a big payoff when he dies. Mm-hmm. So they, we, I didn't feel like we even spent enough time with him to hate him enough by the end. But I agree with you that that was the purpose. Yeah, I mean, like, but you, we said this when we were watching the first episode. It's just kind of like he walked up and it's just announced himself. It's just kind of like I am nefarious. Like, yeah. so this is like when I mean, like, it's a distinct possibility that he only existed for for Dolores to shoot him in the head. Yeah, I think I think that's true. I'm just going to start going up to people and saying, I am nefarious. <laughs> <That's great. laughs> um, I think he so, also served the purpose of showing, like, hierarchy of, of Delos in we're general. We're still very in the dark about that, but uh, yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, like, sort of, like, he he gave he gave some uh, some shape to who Charlotte is as well. We yeah. know also that he spent some time in the park because when Dolores was in the forge, and again, we'll get to the forge later, uh, she she found the book with his name on it. So he he was a guest there. They they got his algorithm. They had the whole thing. I kept thinking if I was running Delos, and we yes. don't know who's in charge now. I kept, w- would you definitely want your employees to all have visited the park so you have their deets? Yes. Or, do you, or would you definitely not want them to so they're like impervious to whatever blackmail may certainly come down the pipeline someday? I think the point is that that um, 
humans are and are predictable, and therefore you should harness that so that you would want all of your people to go. Obviously, you blackmail your employees if you're Delos. I guess that's true. <laughs> that's why you're not running Delos. I'm just surprised. Really I, easy call. I'm surprised there wasn't a separate shelf for the Delos employees. I guess that's what I'm. It, it just seemed weird that they were all mixed in with everybody. See, else. Season three is just going to be the office so with Delos employees. I would watch that. So yeah. Bernard, how do, how do we how do we take on this season? Um, oh my god. Pretty much everything happened in this episode. So Bernard, in the beginning of the season, woke up on the beach, but then we rewind, and he goes through this whole epistemological journey where he can't decide if he wants the host to live or the humans to live, and he's driving. He, he saves Elsie, who we thought was fake for so much of the show, but it turns out she was real, because, by the way, she got shot tonight. And uh, uh, he he's like wrestling. He finds Ford in, in the uh, cradle, and then Ford piggybacks out into the real world in Bernard's mind. Bernard then deletes him, and then tonight kind of undeletes him by, or like, you know, wills him back into existence. And then, if, you know, because we, as we found out on the beach, as they were walking side by side, uh, and there was only one set of footprints, it was because Ford was a figment of his imagination all along. Am I messing the Jesus metaphor up here? No, I'm just saying that, like, it was so on the nose <laughs> because they're sitting out Have on you, the rocks, looking out over the beach, um, talking about, you know, maybe one fine day we'll meet each other again in the <laughs> yeah. afterlife. And it's beautiful. just kind of like, yeah, okay, it was, fine. It was, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. It was the first time I saw that, uh, that framed uh, at a friend's, in a friend's house. Um, it, it was beautiful then too. All right. Uh, Ford was, so Ford really wasn't in this episode at all. Correct? Technically, no. It was his imaginary friend because he was kind of lonely while he was building the Charlotte Hale clone. Do you think we're done with and Anthony Hopkins on Westworld, or are they just going to keep finding new workarounds to get him back in? Juliet? I hope he's out. I, I was, like, groaned every time he came on, on screen. It's I moved on from him emotionally a lot, when like, 2016. I, yeah. <laughs> when there's a heartfelt scene of two people saying goodbye on a beach, like, one of them has to go away forever, right? Yeah, you can't, that's true. No, he literally says the Sir Anthony Hopkins version of, like, it's not goodbye, it's see you later. You're right. Okay, I guess okay, that, that's like p- pretty much true for everyone not in the Valley Beyond. So I guess we can't be certain that we're saying goodbye to any of these characters, but it does seem like Ford's usefulness will have run its course because he, he deleted Ford's code out well, of himself. If you also think about it as like, uh, like the consciousness thing of it being somebody else's, vo- like creating the other voice in your head so that you can follow your own thing yeah. or whatever, this is kind of like, Bernard finally becoming a whole person or something. Yes, that's right. Yeah, so, 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 yeah, I mean, we saw a lot of, uh, just like in season one where it turned out that Dolores was talking to herself the whole time and that was sort of her moment of awakening. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is Bernard realizing that he was talking to himself the whole time. Yeah. Um, Having said that, he'll, if he, the only thing stopping him from being in the season four finale is like if the show goes four seasons. He'll be there somehow. Bernard, yeah. Arnold, Arnold, uh, yeah. Ford. Oh, Ford. Names. You think Ford will be there someday? Well, He'll we'll come back for like one more episode. Well, he might still be back as like a younger version of himself. We have lots of timelines still to play with. That's true. Um, last person we need to talk about, um, and we'll use this as a segue into the second se- second section of this here show, was Logan, who made his triumphant return. There he is right there to, uh, to, to Westworld. Um, you know, we put him on the list when we saw him in the teaser trailer. And it turns out that this wasn't actually Logan, or at least there was a little bit of actual Logan, but most of the Logan that we saw was a uh, low-key recreation of him that Jim Delos made and stuck into the forge and somehow uh, either by design or by uh, the demands of narrative storytelling, Logan became the, you know, the formally became the ghost in the machine who is just like 
uh, the, the the embodiment of the forge. Yeah, this, he's the system, quote unquote. Do you remember like the on your desktop sometimes like that little paper clip will pop up? Yeah, like, you guys need help with anything? That's Logan in this episode. Yeah, he I'm seemed pretty like, sure he's like a bizarrely guy. helpful. Yeah, it was. Well, it's because Bernard came back and Bernard. I think Bernard was put in charge of it. So Bernard is uh, the guy who gets to make the ultimate call. Logan kind of has Logan has to. All right, serve this him. is a great. So so let's so we're talking about the forge broadly now. Logan too. Mm-hmm. I have so many questions. A I lot have of things a lot were of answered. Yeah. Did you not get it? It was kind of simple. All right, here we go. It wasn't hard. Let's just take what we were just talking about. So <laughs> Bernard had told him that if any hosts came, they were allowed to read the li- read from the library of human consciousnesses or whatever. Um, but did he say like, by the way, when I come back, I'm not going to remember any of this, so you're going to have to tell me why I was here? Or I don't think that just that's implied? the way that... I think that you're supposed to read it like the decisions that Logan is making, like you would a computer program. So the only thing that he's working off of is permissions, not like actual one-to-one interaction. Okay. Okay. I guess that makes sense. I think the way that Logan spoke and in, in through all of the exposition, and that was like to, the biggest problem to me with this episode is just like extreme amount of exposition because uh-huh. they had to get through a lot. But the biggest problem with the Logan premise that he is the ghost in the machine of the forge is that he was... At, for a while, like a really functional narrator explaining like yes. what you're seeing, what's going on. But then he started using terms that um, really only apply, don't apply necessarily to like a database, but actually to humans where he's talking about being, like, they could, he could be seduced by like hosts being able to change or whatever. Yeah. And that doesn't sync up with a functional narrator that is just there for exposition trying to explain like a con- like a foundational concept. And so the character of Logan and the functional Logan kind of got um, thrown together in this like narration of what was happening with the Forge. And and that is sort of a, a, the problem with the show in a nutshell that muddies what what, ha- what you're Yeah, learning. I mean, you see they made this very deliberate choice that, like, if Bernard and Dolores are, like, reading off of a computer screen, this is going to be impossible to convey all this information. Yeah. We mm-hmm. need someone to narrate it to us. I can see why Logan was chosen, but... Can you? Well... <laughs> I, or was it I, just a reason I, to bring I don't, him back? Because I don't know why Logan and James's last conversation is foundational to how the entire park works. Here's what's wild. If you got rid of that scene, would the episode have changed at all? No, it wouldn't. Not really, it wouldn't. Yeah, is, is it I just mean, like, a reason to bring back up that line of dialogue that Delos yeah. says in the thing, where he's just like, "I can see all the way down." Yeah. Because it's it almost implies that James Delos's personality is like the driving force behind how Which they, we certainly did not get established prior to that. Yeah, it, yeah, it implies that his personality and his life experience is like the driving force behind how they collect. Mm-hmm. He, uh, guess data and that's like brand new and like there's a lot to parse there and to your point if you just lift that out of the episode like not much would have changed no not at all it would have been it, 10 minutes shorter it would have been 10 minutes shorter <laughs> and if they had just had like a new actor and like if they had like Brent Spiner in full data outfit is just there like exp- doing all doing the Logan role of explaining the, the database yeah. that would have been fine or in episode 2 and they have the party with like investors or whatever uh-huh. insert a character there and have that character come back later and be like oh primary investor also gets to be the the voice of the machine. Sure. Like there's so many other ways That's they could have done it. So wait, just to, just to clarify, and I, I actually didn't think about the what you the way that you were that you were handling the uh, the Jim Delos thing. It, is it then? Should we be assuming then that Logan's death was actually what motivated him to see if you could clone a person as a host, and that he was then you know Delos got sick and cloned himself later on? 
Is that since that was the formative experience, since that's the origin of the forge? I don't think so, because Logan Logan said that the paperclip said that his first job was to clone Delos himself. Yeah. So it felt kind of empty. Maybe I'm missing something, but it felt emotionally empty. I don't know if this would have made any narrative sense, um, but I wish that it was young William who was um, shepherd, shepherding them around. There was a lot that of confusion cool. on that point, too, in the forge, because we know that Ford was aware that this thing was there. One, because he, well, there, there was the, there was the, it, the interaction between Ford and William at the bar last week where he said, you know, that you're, you know, we have a deal. Like you will stay out of your storylines. You stay away from the forge. Right. Yeah. So he knows this exists, but he doesn't really go there. However, Bernard was there and giving out permissions, but isn't Bernard solely Ford's operative throughout the rest of the show? Yeah. I think Ford sent Bernard to be messing around in there and set up the door, the Valley beyond that's all that was done by Bernard, I think. And then that's when Logan says Bernard's been here, you know, a trillion sure. times or whatever. I think, but Ford had him do that is your guess. Yeah. He, he'd done all that beforehand. Like he didn't know and we didn't see it off screen, but like the implication is that all that has been set up by Bernard for a long time. And, and so the forge is where all of the um, guest data is. Yes. And the cradles where all the host data is. Yeah. But so I think it's sort of there. It's like a missed opportunity to have like that, it's like another like yin and yang that that mm-hmm. has kind of pervaded the show. But it's sort of like a it's either a missed opportunity or really smart to have not given a narrator to the cradle. Basically, yeah. the cradle is more is like without without a voice and yeah. more manipulatable. Like the, as we talk through it, like I'm actually like, oh, I'm like oh that was smart, not well, a missed it opportunity. Was, it was, <laughs> but it, it speaks to like the different nature of the two types of data that they have. Basically, functionally, it was Ford, and that's why it feels like this was a real like it. It was a right. storytelling premise more so than like part of the overall you know mythology of the show. You're right, though. It would have been great if like <laughs> the if the if young Robert was the voice of the cradle, and then some Delos person was, yeah. or or it could have been young Logan or something like. But just like if there was some parallel between the two, um, we've got so much more to talk about. We've got so much, so many more questions about the Forge, which we'll get to right after this word from our sponsor. Support for today's show comes from HelloFresh. HelloFresh is a meal kit delivery service that shops, plans, and delivers your favorite step-by-step recipes and pre-measured ingredients so you can just cook, eat, and enjoy. Choose from three plans to choose from, including classic, veggie, and family. Each box is delivered right to your door in recyclable, insulated packaging and made up of fresh, responsibly obtained ingredients from carefully selected farms and high-rated trusted sources. Plus, with the simple recipes outlined on pictured step-by-step instruction cards, you can feel confident in your cooking. Even an amateur cook such as myself can have an incredible amount of fun making HelloFresh stuff. There's even a lot of one-pot recipes that require almost no cleanup, so you can spend less time planning meals and grocery shopping every week and get that time back to do more of what you love. I got HelloFresh delivered straight to my house. The food's delicious. You get to cook together. You follow a simple recipe. You look at pictures. And like I said, even I, uh, who have, uh, I have two left feet in the kitchen, can feel totally productive and part of the process. And it tastes so much better when you're a part of that process. For 30 bucks off your first week of HelloFresh, visit HelloFresh.com slash Recapables30 and enter the code Recapables30. That's R-E-C-A-P-P-A-B-L-E-S-3-0. HelloFresh.com slash Recapables30. Offer code Recapables30 for 30 bucks off your first week of HelloFresh. And now, back to the Forge. Let's get to some questions about the Forge. Okay. Correct me if I'm wrong. The, the encryption key... 
which we also called the control Abernathy's control unit, which we also called the, the pearl. The pearl. <laughs> um, a lesser Blackberry model. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, what was the, so that was what, that was what was in Peter Abernathy's head the whole time. It was his control unit. Char, uh, Dolores, when she said goodbye to her father, killed him and yanked that out of his head. And now that is what turns on the forge. I think this is simple and that's, I'm probably wrong. Cause I think this is simple, but it's what they're supposed to be saying is that his control unit, imagine that all the human minds, all 4 million of them are like on a file on your desktop. Right. That's what allows them to get beamed off it gets, site. Yeah. So his is the encryption key to open that file. And what they did was they swapped out all the human minds out of that file, put the host Valley beyond into that. And they beam that up to the satellite. And then while they're in the middle of it, they're like, oh no, those are all the host minds. And then Charlotte kills all them. Oh, and the reason why the file was way too big as, what was the guy's name who says that? Anyway. Costa? I yeah, don't know. Costa is Dude, right. Dude who's next to Carl Strand the whole series. Yeah, so the reason why he was like, oh, this the file's way too big. It's not because they replaced human data with host data. It's because the Valley Beyond itself, this world that Ford or Bernard created for the host to live in is like a billion times bigger than a bunch of brains. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. if you want to download like Fortnite on your iPod or your iPhone, iPod, geez. But it takes, like, you have to be connected to Wi-Fi because it's yes. like too big because you need, yeah. Okay. So that was the encryption key. Though, that's like what the that. whole, that makes sense. So for a season and a half, we've been dealing, we've been like, Abernathy, Peter Abernathy has been Mr. McGuffin and that, the whole thing we were chasing was the key that allowed them to upload those files. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's Just cr- making sure we got that clear. <laughs> I think, I think it's awesome. Um, then once they start doing that, or when, once they uh, once they get the encryption key in there, uh, in her first go around, Dolores decides to f- she like decides to just tur- like you know corrupt the system. She floods the whole place, and she's initially going to destroy the Valley Beyond because she thinks it's a false world and whatever else. Mm-hmm. But then Bernard shoots her and is able to stop that process. I'm looking at you. You're right. We we pre-discussed this too. Um, He shoots her to save the the guests or to get rid of the um, guest data and save the host data so that they can continue to live in the Valley Beyond. Right. So that was that was what Bernard did. Yeah. So yeah. He okay. So he's it was his decision, and then when he brought Dolores back, she was like, "I've had a change of heart." Which I've is, got some like Mila Jovovich like assassin skills, and I don't want to kill. I don't want to destroy the Valley Beyond anymore. Yeah, that's the crux of this, and I think that's the crux of the plan. And not to say like the series, but it kind of is in the moment where he's talking to Ford, and he doesn't realize it's Ford. It's him, but he just watches Elsie be killed, and he tries to summon Ford back. And Bernard basically asks him, "Is free will like a collective delusion?" And Ford says, "A true being with free will could change its core drives." And Bernard's like, oh, and then he remakes Dolores. So the question is, did Dolores make that change on her own, or did he change Dolores' core drives to get her there? I don't think we know, but I think that's a question they want us to ask, is why did she change her mind, like, all willy-nilly? Bernard seems... I mean, then she also did say, like, you of all people should know that we can change Bernard, and I've had a change of heart or whatever. Yeah. Is that... Okay, I, is I that she knowing just, or is that just, I think she yeah, just appreciated been, being resurrected? I don't yeah, know. I know. Wouldn't it have been more meaningful rather than her just stating that I've had a change of heart to just say, you know, I've decided you're right, as opposed to saying you of all people should know we can have a change of heart. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, exactly. Like, that's, it's just, that's true, but like 
you can they you can change behavior, you can change change behavior patterns, but you can't change personality, right? Or you, I guess you can if you right. pull a Dolores on Teddy. So if you like, let's say he leaves her personality intact. I mean, it's in some ways it's semantical, but that's sort of like on brand for Dolores to say it that way. To use like five extra words and like be very like breathy with how it's delivered. Oh yeah, I, that was a lot. Of, there was a lot of whispering. Oh, so much whispering. Yeah, just, no, thank listen, you. Just because it's dark doesn't mean you have to whisper. That's that's all that <laughs> so like true. I have to say about that. Can I ask a very practical question? Please. So, what do you make of all of the sh- like the kind of like grand vistas of construction that was at the Valley Beyond? From earlier, oh, in the from season. earlier episodes. Yeah. So um, that's a great question. By the way, if anybody listening to this uh, or watching the show has questions, you can tweet at the Ringer or at Ringer. Sorry, and we will uh, we'll try to hit those in <laughs> later on in the show if we can get out of our own heads long enough to talk about it. The so one thing that was in the, that I noticed in the post credit sequence, wherever it was that William got off the elevator. I mean, that was in the forge somewhere. He gets off the elevator, encounters uh, his fake daughter. Um, Coming up from the ground were those like towery things that Akichita saw when the place was get, being built. I guess they might, they, they were probably there. Were they there when William first showed us the Valley Beyond? Maybe not. I think it was just a hole in some cranes at that point. But Akichita's had those like, these sort of matrixy like, like web towers coming up and those were there too. I guess that the, the, everything we saw before was, was this entire huge Mesa-like structure that was then filled in. Is that what you're yeah. asking? Yeah, like... So, because all of those cranes are supposed to be that that was in the area that is like both the forge and the valley beyond, right? Uh-huh. Mm. So, and part of this, the finale was she changed the coordinates of where like the giant like Batman light points so that the um, future people at Delos can't find the valley beyond. Yeah, she was shooting so, them to some unknown location that they'll be able to live in their fake world forever. So, are we supposed to assume that that construction project was? the building of the forge to collect the guest data or was it actually more tied to the the building like the kind of like the building of the cloud computer or the valley beyond us Danny Heifetz All right well, wait wait wow. speaking of the valley beyond this is a good time to just straight up pivot to Wait I think there's a we, there's a good theory right about what where the man, man in black was at the oh, end So cuz I I think that also kind of gets back to this okay, question let's, of let's timeline go for it. So with that so uh Patrick Soriano tweeted us that in an interview with Katya Herbers, uh, she confirms the post credit scene was far in the future after the events of season two. Uh, we've already been lied to by a lot of actors in the show. Including about, her. Including her about things. But uh, Patrick Soriano asked if the man in black was human for all of season two and that scene was much farther in the future and he becomes a host later. And that's one I, possibility. I think that's relevant because maybe that means that um, William has his daughter recreated and then through all the recreations, she learns him, and then she, that that host version of Emily sure. could then rebuild okay. well, there were, the I host mean, version of William, much like Bernard. Bernard. It, it is Bernard interesting the thing, and this right. is another big picture thing. But we found out that Dolores was able to train Bernard to be Arnold in a way that Ford never was. Right, yeah. so it takes a host to train a host, basically. And the, and if that's true, then it then it does carry that that host Emily would be training the host version of William, and also that well. William was training Jim Delos. That couldn't have been the host version, presumably, until the very last scene, if it was indeed. But that, it, but it could it have also, been. It didn't work. It also didn't work. I think mm. the Emily we saw in that scene is like Logan. Like Logan's just a manifestation of the computer AI. I think Emily is the same thing. She's just taking shape. She's like a shapeshifter. And in that moment, she's training William. But 
I don't agree of her that. connection. Well, didn't she think, say that it wasn't a simulation? Mm-hmm. Are we yeah, not supposed I, I to take her at her word? I don't believe that. I, I know think, they're like, this isn't a simulation, but I don't know what so else you call that. So we're going to read into every other line of dialogue, but not the one that says outright that it's not a simulation. In an episode no. full of exposition. <laughs> Self-delusion <laughs> self is a gift, as Ford said. I just one. disagree That's, because thematically it would make the Bernard Dolores stuff a lot less meaningful if it didn't also apply to another central relationship yes. that's really yeah, fraught. Yeah, that's fair. Of with, with Emily and William. Well, we might as well ask this question here. We're about to get to the door. We're about to get the vibe behind, guys. I promise. Yes. One question. Windows 95. Does this mean, does this mean that Emily was a host when she was in the park too? No. No, I no. think that she was human in the I park. I think she was human too. Yeah. All right, moving on. The door. It's funny because we have all these vague concepts throughout the show. The Valley Beyond, the door, the key, the whatever else. Now they have really like concrete forms. And uh, it's, it, it's uh, I don't know. It seems like everybody was really confused earlier on. Um, so the, there is an actual door. Uh, yes. There's a big hole in, in the horizon that opens up. And yeah. there's a bluer sky and prettier version of said horizon further on. This is a place that that uh, Bernard and maybe Ford built for all the hosts to live on in their own little perfect Eden. Um, and all of the good-hearted hosts that jumped through the crack got will get to live forever there. Is there something, anything I'm missing, Micah? It, it, it wasn't that just like a literal rapture. That's so. That's huh. what the oh. the Valley Beyond was. Well, they got to jump over instead of getting yanked up. But I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. I think I misheard you. Did you say it was like the Garden of Eden? Huh? I miss her. You say it's no, like the Garden of Eden? About. Oh, okay. No, they called it an, an Eden throughout the show. It's a happy place that also might be doomed because it's a, uh, you know, a fabrication or whatever Dolores called it. A um, couple of questions. Why was Kohana there? And That how, is a great and question. And how did, how did New Maeve become Maeve? It's I know these are a very- beautiful like, love story. And why do you have to get all bent out of shape? Because you know what? Can't you just- be happy that there's just some like how, great love in the world. I, I, I counter this by saying, how in the hell are you satisfied with love being the answer to anything in the show? <laughs> That's the only answer to everything. All right, I'll say this. When Maeve turns around and is like doing her Neo thing and she looks at her daughter and she says, I love you. I'm pretty sure that that is the first time that sentence has been said in Westworld. Mm. Love is the answer to the whole series. It's it's where it's going. It's, I'm it, even I'm, more I'm, disappointed. No, 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 don't, no, no, don't follow. Don't, don't follow this path because it, it's a terrible one. Kahana, this is go ahead. Sh we, we don't really know where many of the hosts that were just walking in the line came from. Right? So sure, so it's like dead hosts, hosts that are long dead, could have just been thrown in there long ago anyway. I guess because she was retired, right? She was well, in cold storage. Yeah, maybe there. it was like because of. She's probably there because of the conversation that Akichita had with Ford or something or whatever. He knows what he's searching for. Like, sure. And or yeah, is it, is it, I mean, is that part of the Maeve thing too that like our utmost hopes and dreams will materialize in the I think in it's the supposed Valley to, it's, it's just supposed to be heaven. And yeah. it's just like, oh, well, you'll see all the yeah, people you can, that you yeah. knew in life again. Um, and the point is you that for the host, they can make it what they want it to be. And, yeah. And Teddy, just to clear that thing, that last, uh, the last bit of this up, uh, Dolores, uh, out of the, in the kindness of her heart, uh, sent Teddy's consciousness there at the very, kind of her last act in Westworld. Mm -hmm. And I guess it's got to, we've got to ask because, you know, Teddy's there, Akichit is there, Maeve is sort of there, but I guess not really there. Well, that, that's, that can go either way. Do you think that in season three or at some point we're going to have like a storyline that's happening in the Valley Beyond or are we just, have we said goodbye to all those characters? I think there, there has to be simply because Teddy and Dolores are separated. Teddy's presumably been reset to like factory settings. 
and they're going to be drawn to each other. And then you also have Maeve's daughter and Maeve are still separated, which you have like- but Maeve was discount. there. Maeve. Yeah, but, I'm, but Maeve, I think that you have connections between all three and it's like this rock, paper, scissors connecting them. Um, any, any dissenting opinions? I don't agree. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I think that was goodbye. I think it was goodbye too. Yeah. I think that the door is always open and Maeve's come back. Maeve's daughter but. is just going to have to live forever onto into eternity with smart and final version Maeve. <laughs> that's I think that's just the, that's the, really the deal. rude. She's Maeve, if Maeve is like Gelson's new Maeve is like I don't know Vaughn's. I think she seems pretty good. I no, like no, she totally didn't say fine. anything. I don't like they just look but similar. Like the, but, but the idea is that the Valley Vaguely. Beyond they don't even look that <laughs> they similar. Don't even look yeah. sim- they just have the same hairdo. Like, yeah. But if the Valley Beyond can be whatever you want it to be, like if I'm hanging out with a Kichida, like I'm this is awesome, right? Because I, he's a brilliant dude who had a great story and will continue to move on to bigger and better things. I kind of feel like Maeve's daughter's got the short end of the stick because like her mom is kind of one note. Like she's not going to imagine that much great stuff don't in the diet. She's going to build in the house again and then that's going to be it. You don't know her. Don't short sell her. You're right, but I don't. we can talk Teddy for two seconds. Teddy, we know, we, Ford and Bernard in his head just said that free will is the ability to change your cornerstones. Mm-hmm. Teddy's cornerstone is to keep Dolores safe, but in Westworld. We've been told this. Are you, if, wait, are you, time out. Are you going to argue that Teddy's going to get out of the Valley Beyond? What I'm saying is, if he can change his cornerstone, you, yeah, if he can change his cornerstone and his cornerstone's to keep Dolores in Westworld. Yeah, yeah, but you're, and now he's is, in. Time out. Totally different thing. The argument is not that Teddy has volition or whatever else. The argument is this was us saying goodbye to those characters. No, I'm saying that, Teddy they, now is going to want to leave. They, clo- leave. they closed the door. They warped them off to outer space. We may see them again, but it's not. A, it's not about character. I mean, I, I think that's it. I think that's it. I think that's a wrap for. I all think those if characters. you're in the Valley Beyond, you're out. Farewell. Oh. Um, Deuces. Okay. Anything? Uh, any other qu- lingering questions about the Beyond, Juliet? No. It's it's some weird way. It was like one of the most straightforward pieces yeah. of this episode. Yeah. yeah. No, I think that's it. I think you got to read it straight. I think that you know, I, I, that that's that's sort of one what you know. That's what you know from like all of Jonathan <laughs> Nolan's, all, you know, oeuvre up to this point is that he does that. You know, there are moments of great sentimentality, and that the, and we should sort of take those at face value. No, maybe not. Maybe this maybe this will tr- prove to be an exception. We have to move on. The next big uh, thing in the show mm. was the new headquarters. The new HQ is what I'm calling it. Arnold's mm-hmm. basement. Dolores gets out um, with a brain full of uh, ba- with a brain full of with a bag full of brains yep. and brain balls, <laughs> and she goes to Arnold's old house and where they Charlores have Charlores does Charlores, and they have a human printer, and they uh, she she uh, makes herself again. So that she can put her own consciousness, presumably back in her head. We don't know who is in um, Charlotte's head, and then she builds Bernard and starts training Bernard so that they can be they can start this battle of good and evil or whatever. These two these two opposing forces as hosts take over the new world. Um, uh, what is is first of all, is there somebody in Charlotte's head that isn't Charlotte, or is there some like like easily controllable reproduction of Charlotte? Is Dolores in two bodies? What's your guess, Micah? I mean, like, okay, so out of the five brain balls that were in her purse, Mm -hmm. right, we know at least one of them was Bernard. That's the only one we know for sure. And we have, there's no telling what the other four were. I mean, like, maybe it's Hector in Charlotte's head. Maybe it's Armistice. Maybe it's, I mean, like, I have no idea. Like, and I I don't think that it's even worth guessing. (laughs) I feel like this is going to be a question that Reddit's already answered as we're having this conversation. (laughs) Because is it like, will it it just be the people that Dolores has, like, killed? Like, the people that she would have had access to their bloody, to their busted open heads? With the exception of Teddy, 
there's nobody that she really is having a conversation with throughout the second season. It's just cronies and Teddy, who is also a crony. Right. So it's conceivable that, I mean, Angela did blow up in the in the cradle, but it could just be like some of her cronies that she decided to bring out. There could be other people that she thinks are deserving of. It could be Ford, if this is his thing. Was his control unit available, accessible? I guess not. I don't know. I just um, want to fight back. Teddy's not a crony. Okay, he's he's he's. Stop a, standing stop for it. Teddy. Stop. Yeah, we all love James Teddy. Marsden. It's fine. Um, he's he's great he's, guy. He's great, great actor. Is Teddy Flood was Teddy's, a loser. <laughs> Teddy's out. No one wants more Teddy. Uh, Julie, <laughs> I feel a little Julia inside of me. Okay. No. Julia, what do you think? What do you think about the about the basement? Do you think there's like is there more? Uh, is there more to it, or is it all just wait to be seen? Anything could happen. I mean, could they literally? They could print anybody there. They they only have a certain number of control units. We're saying five because that's how many seem to be on the screen, but that could be, there could have been, it could have been a deeper bag than we realized. Sure, Mm. like a Mary Poppins bag. Exactly. Who knows what else is in Um, there? It could, you know, Dolores might have sent all of that Valley Beyond data to like her personal PC on the outside and she has all that stuff. Like, I don't, like anything's possible, I guess. I just spent the last like 90 seconds thinking about like in terms of narrative arc, which characters would make the most sense for her to bring Uh outside. And, and, like, are we done with Peter Abernathy? Like, has he reached his usefulness? Is he over? I think that the only, the only, the, the argument against that would be that she never have really had his consciousness. I mean, she had, he had, right. she had a super corrupted version with the, with the, and the rest of it was the key. So they also had a tearful goodbye that I think would be spoiled That's by true. them bringing. That's true, but the show loves to spoil its goodbyes. That's true. Like with the Ford situation. That's a very good point. Um, I don't know who else. Or, it's like, I, 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 it so much depends also on like the, what the direction of the show is. Like, is it worth taking um, Clementine? Like, is it worth, you know, is she, if Maeve is like still going to be in Westworld, does Clementine get out or is, or is Clement, are Clementine and Maeve both still in the park and like they're going to face off next season? I don't know. Is that a dumb question? I mean, I think that the short answer is we can, they can do whatever they want, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. we don't yeah. like, there's five, like, I, I think the real beauty of what, of how they ended the show was that we sort of whittled the whole cast down to, the, the the most only the essential people right um and then we've kind of got free passes for whichever four that they decide they want to play with and then may and then obviously there is a there are a million ways that they can just introduce whoever they want right. whoever also, whenever I, as it relates to arnold's basement which is just like a really funny phrase for some reason it's a really great indie rock band <laughs> um yeah or like a cartoon or something mm-hmm. like a short um they make it seem the way it's been presented makes it seem like some kind of like barrier, like it's a, it's like the door to Narnia or vice versa, yeah. or they're coming out of Narnia or sure. something like that. Yeah. And so it it's it, it's like they have set the stage literally like through like a set piece of who knows what's on the other side, and that that's exciting to me because I did like the episode, I did like episode two when they showed them in the outside world for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, and this was and that that was obviously the biggest of all of like the, there were big reveals, the biggest moment of the show as it is going to pertain to next season. Um, was Bernard taking those first steps as like a uh, as a being with choice? Like he, like his, he, they, Dolores gave him the option. She was just like, "Now you do whatever you want to do." And he put on his clothes, which is a good first step. And then he walked outside, and he uh, Radiohead was was playing on his jukebox <laughs> on the jukebox, and he opened his door out into the street. Presumably, whether that's some imaginary city on the moon or or wherever, he's he's you know, there he he's in it now, and the game has now shifted to the world outside. Um, I think the question is just going to be, is this going to be like 
like a show about that. what is the show about next year? We'll get to that in a little bit. All right. Before we get out, before we quit asking our own questions, um, one more big question, which is, and we've touched on this already uh, in the in the Forge discussion, the the, the bonus scene at the end. Um, well, I guess we've talked about all this stuff. Uh, William is a host. We have no idea how long he's been a host. We have no idea if Emily was always a host. Um, the, one more thing that I list I want to run through that I scribbled down during the during my second viewing of the show. Uh, Danny, jump in if you if you have any subjects here that I'm missing. All here is a short list of uh, incomplete list of things that we thought were going to matter this season <laughs> that did not matter. Uh, drone hosts did not matter. Nah, yeah. I mean, we all the theories like are those all Bernards that that, that he can't see them or yeah. those whatever didn't matter. Uh, Charlotte Hale, uh, I, I'm assuming was not in fact Bernard Arnold's daughter Charlie. No, but in our defense for saying that Charlotte was uh, going to be end up being his daughter, his child yeah we based that off of the two scenes that were the dead giveaways for it being dolores it was the first time bernard talks to dolores or mm-hmm. charloris and we were like that's weird and the second one was his interview with her in episode seven and we were like this is a really weird scene why and both of those were because it was dolores so we had the right instinct but we were completely and utterly wrong with why well, also her name is Charlotte, and and the kid's name is Charlie, and that's just too like they they're teasing. It's kind of not fair. For, yeah. Anyway, um, and who knows? Maybe she still will turn out to be his daughter, but that'd be very uh, bizarre, seeing as how she's now dead. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Speaking of dead, uh, Elsie, pretty much a nothing burger. There, we could have not had her in this season, and that would have yeah. been fine. I mean, it, like I I love that. It's a wonderful performance. I'm glad that she was there. She made. Uh, some of Bernard's more trying moments as a character uh, tolerable. Yeah. She, yes, absolutely. Shannon Woodward, that's her name? Woodward? Yes. yes. He, uh, yeah, she's, she did a great job. It's, I, I'm sad she's gone. It seemed yeah. that her death ultimately just served to be Bernard's final push to decide to actually take action and fight against the humans. And that's pretty disappointing that <clears throat> it seems that her whole season arc oh. just ended up being motivating him. That's like a really disappointing way to finish her. I'd really yeah. And also, her. if you, when you have a character like Charlotte, I mean, part of the reason why you introduce a big bad like Strand at the beginning of a season is because you know that no matter how terrible a character is, after a few episodes with them, we, we find ways to love them all. Uh, Game of Thrones, the same thing. They got to cycle in a new villain every time because it's like we got to have somebody to hate. Um and Charlotte like needed to be reaffirmed as a terrible person before Dolores yeah. murdered her. Yeah, so she had to murder somebody to like earn the murder that was coming her way. Um, also, things that didn't matter: Carl Strand, uh, Costa. That all they don't matter. I mean, with the exception of setting up that body switch, like yeah. they, there was no payoff there. Presumably, Strand isn't coming back. Although I love that dude too. Um, I struggle. I almost put a Keechda on this list. He's not on this list. Uh, Clementine didn't really pan out to be that much more than just like a, like a grenade. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's <laughs> Basically. exactly what she was. Yeah. I thought she was like the night queen. Yeah, no, there was a <laughs> was lot, like, there was a was lot there, but that was, but there was no, we spent the whole season like waiting for the Clementine moment. Yeah, like but this it, actress I mean, is going to get an episode <laughs> and it's yeah, going to be awesome. Yeah. Well, that'll like, probably come uh, next season, right? Yeah, maybe she's, so. She's still, so many of the characters will be out that she'll still be around. <clears throat> Clementine is a much more lovable Theon Greyjoy. And I don't know why we've spent so much time with her, and I hope that there will be- Always hamming it up at press avails. Um, <laughs> all right, we're going to go to some uh, some listener questions. One more. Um, I don't know if this counts as like a question we need to talk about or a big nothing burger, but uh, but the concept of free will, are we- <laughs> and The show, this is what this whole show has been about up to this point. And the answer that we got this in this episode was like, psych, 
humans never had free will. Only the hosts have the capacity for it. Yeah. I, I don't know if I would sum it up that way. I think it's more like hosts can be, it's not that they don't have free will, but that they can be reduced to code. Yeah. They're so, I think it's more about predictability, less about choice. But from a robot, I mean, that, but Logan, the system Logan says that they don't have free will, but that's, that's from a robot's point of view, I guess. Yeah. They're predictable. Well, that's, that's the question that I had is that, did you think Logan was speaking on behalf of like the showrunners messaging what the show is about <laughs> or was that like a really cynical view that's supposed to, um, some summarize how hosts are supposed to view their situation. That's a great question. Mm. I strongly think it's the latter. Um, well, I think it's how it's the show trying to set up a cynical view of humans. Mm-hmm. I think where it stands of right now as of this episode is that humans are bound by their code, which is pretty simplistic. They say we're a temporary algorithm and that people are set by destiny and we're a chain to destiny, which is why they've mentioned Oedipus Rex early in the season. And that, Host, the di- the main difference is that they can change their core drives, unlike people, which I guess is they can edit their own, you know, coding or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's right now is supposed to be the main difference. I imagine that they'll go to a place where maybe they alter that, but I think they've certainly set up that cynicism of humanity right now. What was the Oedipus Rex reference? Well, so the biggest one is the title of the fourth episode where we learn about James Delos, this whole immortality project. Uh-huh. Uh, it's called The Riddle of the Sphinx, which is about Oedipus Rex solving it, but it's really about understanding self-awareness that men or humans die in the course of life. And got it. Yeah. It's all that jazz. Hmm. Gotcha. Zach, you got any questions out there? We, uh, yeah, Dean's got the we have, right. we have a uh, tweet from, we have a question from Mark Titus of the ringer.com. <laughs> not familiar with his work. Um, uh, yeah. I'm not sure. A friend of the program, but he says, could LeBron carry a team of Westworld security guards to the finals? That's a really good question. Wow. I think definitely. <clears throat> we had the, I heard that the, I don't um, know. Can they get six points each? <laughs> You know, I'd like <laughs> we got we we so someone on the someone who worked on the the show. We, this is like a third hand story, but referred to all of the like de, the Delos uh, security guards as mall cow mall cops. Uh-huh. At some point this season. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think it would be tough. The the mall the 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 security guards, the lab techs. This is this is pretty basic, but I'm going to say that LeBron could 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 probably win a championship with them. The Westworld, wow. the security guards at Westworld have really bad aim, but they shot better than Isaiah Thomas did with the Cavs. Wow. That's just, so, okay. That's, that's just um, Chris. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, they had a pretty tough time taking down robots on horseback with revolvers that, that was shoot, That was like, all-time <laughs> bad shooting. Maybe this, go, this goes to Danny's theory that that didn't actually happen. Go ahead, Danny. What's the next question? The next question uh, is, oh, God. Um, people want to know why I have two keyboards. Oh, oh please. that's a great question. Um, <laughs> I don't think it's that good of a question. One's broken, one works. Thank you. Thank you, Juliet. You're I welcome. appreciate it. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> it's a hack. Max are expensive. Go. Exactly. Next. Juliet, Juliet, Juliet is the person who would be buying a new Mac. Is very defensive. <laughs> <laughs> you got to sign off on that. Uh, do we have any more questions? Yeah. yeah so uh, questions, again, of course, about the man in black and... Where and when did the man in black die, William die? And then when was his host created? Was it before the Ooh. series even started? Was it at some between season one and two? Or has it not even happened yet? We actually haven't seen it. I think that the... the uh, this having, is so hard. Having, I, ha, not having happened yet makes the most sense to me. What do you mean? 
the fact that we haven't in the show's timeline we haven't oh. seen William die yet like that we saw a flash forward at the end uh-huh. lost style that but that, he had the bur- he had the busted hand like that would that yeah, happen but, in yeah. the show the thing is that like that they also kind of couched an explanation for that in the episode because uh, Logan or the system or whatever we called him I don't remember what we read what we settled Voice on in the machine yeah the ghost of the machine was talking about how he cut like a million pathways for Delos and they all led to the same point is. I think is to suggest that in multiple or millions and millions and millions of him playing out the same storyline, yeah. the same thing happens at the end every time. He blows his hand off. Yeah. All right. right. I can see that. I, I was going to say that I thought that the most um, straightforward reading of it would be that like the entire time we've known that the show has been on the present tense that in the present tense of the show, the man in black has been a host. Mm. And that sometime between the flashback, well, sometime between his wife's suicide and uh, season one, episode one, he is he was replaced by a host. That would explain why he he's al- he's always talking to the various characters, thinking yeah, and- that that Ford is like playing game with him. Mm. Because the, the, yes, go ahead. Because he doesn't he can't tell the difference between the game being over there being no game because his cognition, his fidelity is not quite right. The whole time he was playing the game, the whole time he was searching for the maze, that was Ford training him towards consciousness. Right. Or this host, try, trying to pull his own version of the Dulles experiment. Right. Um, and also, but then there's also the whole thing where like when they saw each other in the bar, how he was just- uh, One you know, final Ford, game. Yeah, the yeah. one final game. Ford was implying, but Ford was also, even at that point, was implying that whatever was going on in the forge had leaked out into the park and that could have been the man in black, I mean, William himself, that had leaked out of the park. Um, I have there's a, qu- a lot of questions. Yeah, I have one also about next season. Is it okay if we spin forward yeah, a little go. bit? Yeah, let's go. Let's spin. What's left in Westworld? Like, what is left there for us to care about if we have seen arguably the three most important characters leave the park and or or leave, you know, what we consider to be the park? Who knows how they're going to categorize Arnold's basement in the future? Like, what's there still to care about within? And also, also the other thing we just mentioned is that we know that Stubbs is a host. I think my answer is it's simple as nothing. Very little. Because the draw of the show in season one and captivated a lot of people. On the surface, the window dressing was Western. Mm -hmm. In reality, people liked it because it was sci-fi. And now we have gone way beyond the park. And part of the fun of season one was the world building and the sci-fi aspect of it. But now they really get to build the worlds. I disagree with you guys. I think we will be seeing the Valley Beyond to some extent. But now they get to visualize what the outside world looks like. And we do know it's 30 years in the future. There's been some debate, but it's three decades in the future per the creators. And now we get to really see what the world looks like. And that's a really blank canvas for them to paint on. And I think it's fun because we have no idea where there, it's there's going. There's no such thing. There's no such thing as a question that's, a, that's asked in Westworld, the TV show that is not asked deliberately, you know, with, with an answer, right. you know, implied. And the fact that there are all these other parks that we never got to see. I mean, this is sort of uh, a renewable resource. Um, and frankly, if, you know, they're out in the real world and and Charlotte is, I mean, Dolores is using this Charlotte host as like to take control. The only thing she'd be useful for, the reason why she's still around would be to like wreak further havoc on Delos. But if the show is just like succession with robots, nobody cares about it, right? It has to Mm -hmm. be about, it has to be about science fiction, about the old West, about whatever else. Um, There is a Lisa Joy uh, quote that I think you have, but before we get to that, a lot of people are asking about Stubbs. You mentioned him. In his farewell to Charloris on the beach, it was heavily implied 
that Stubbs himself was a host. He yes. said, when the old man hired me, however long ago, um, uh, and he's he's basically been around talked the park forever. Co- yeah, and talked about his core drives. Yeah. That was, that was kind of like the wink, wink, nod, nod, my core drives. <laughs> yes. Right? Yeah. You know, I yeah. Yeah, also, the thing is, is that, and maybe y'all caught this, but I have no idea how he knew that she, that she was a host. Because he's so in charge of all the hosts on the island that he's somehow just sort of intrinsically aware Knows of such. He also parts. might have some kind of code that is able to read yeah. that or okay yeah it could be like written into his to who and there's, a, there's okay. a Bernard thing to him too I mean I don't know if he was based on a specific human but certainly if he was like put in a position of authority then he's tapped in in a little bit of a different way we can assume I, guess. I, I have no you idea you host the music podcast so if I can quote Pusha T I think out. the answer is if you know you know I love that the control face. room like that <laughs> um, I don't know like so, it's just like uh, the, if, Stares directly at camera, blinks rapidly. Yeah, uh, well, that was basically what Stubbs did. I mean, Stubbs, there, there was a, there was a pretty heavy wink to the, you know, that this is. It's, I guess, what's weird. I, I'm happy that Stubbs the host, if that's indeed what we just, what we found out. I'm happy he's making it to season three, man. Me too. <laughs> although, Love Luke he's just like a although more attractive, gonna... less boring Hurley from Lost. Like, I don't, he can't I don't that is, leave the island. That that's totally not true. The, stretch before that reach. But the. Uh, but but it, I mean I guess if they I mean that's another if that's another answer I mean to the question of whether or not we're going to make it back to the island if we're going to see Stubbs again we will because it's clear that he's stuck there I mean right. that's 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 what he you know he said that pretty straightforwardly he is a really cool character and I do like the idea of him being a host and sort of being the guardian of the island and everything else although you know. Uh, I'm not sure. Did that? I'm not sure if that was reflected positively on finding when you when the, you know the crux of the season is supposed to be finding out that William is a host. Now it's just like, oh yeah, that dude's a host too that you well, don't really care about. Why did wasn't you just say? A host? Did you say he's a really cool character? Huh? Do we watch Stubbs? the same show? Yeah, he's the most boring vanilla character literally Ooh. in the whole show, and now we know that's specifically by design. What is a sub scene that you can be like, oh yeah, I love that dude. I don't know. This is, sounds he like a whole more, lot of tweets about Danny. His whole purpose is in season one. He's like, you don't bring a gun. No, but he's a sh- good. But there's, there's a lot of potential for the character next season. I would rather have him there than like just some random other character. We have a relationship with him now. All right, we. He also, him. it's a secret holder, obviously. Potential just means you haven't done anything yet. Uh, can you let's speaking of which, will you go ahead and read that thing that Lisa Joy apparently yes. said? So Lisa Joy uh, gave an interview with the Hollywood Reporter and said that. What we see in like the last scene with the post credit with William is it recontextualizes a lot of stuff, but it is in the far, far future. The world's dramatically different. It's destroyed. But his daughter, who is definitely dead, is she saying, has come back to talk to him and quoting her. He realizes that he's been living this loop again and again and again. The primal loop that we've seen this season, they've been repeating, testing every time for what they call fidelity or perhaps a deviation. Uh, so they get the sense that this testing will continue. So that offers some clarity. So Emily, well, wait, is, what was the, the the first thing that you said? It's in the far, far future, like more future than the show. Yeah, it seems so. That he is in a loop of they're testing that to some degree. Well, it seems so. What did she say? She said, <laughs> she said, <laughs> he he realized that he's been living this loop again and again and again, the primal loop that we've seen this season. They've been repeating. No, 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 no I heard that, but yeah. that's so that's all that she said. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there's more, but I mean, you get the sense that, quoting her again, you get the sense that the testing will continue. It's teasing us, of, it's teasing sure. for us another temporal realm that one day we're working toward, and one day we'll see a little bit more of and how they get to that place, what they're testing for. So that does seem to confirm it is a little bit further in the future. I'm not sure that does that for me at all. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, I guess that paired with the fact that the, the facility that he takes the elevator down into is... 
in disrepair, like more so than I'd last remember seeing it at the end of the episode, which seems to suggest that it's further in the future. But I mean, sure. I, yeah. Okay. So I guess he's just still hanging out in the park with a blown up hand. All right. All right. That, that quote was given to the Hollywood Reporter. And apparently they say that um, season three will be exploring a whole new world. So the world outside. We'll be getting quite a bit of the Whisper Trio. <laughs> um, is there anything else spinning this thing forward? Um, we're in the real world. Uh, we're maybe in the future. Everything might be blown up. We might be stuck in an endless loop. What are the what? What questions do we have unanswered? What are we? What, what are we? What are we wondering about? What are we hoping for? What are we thinking? What are we thinking is going to happen in season three of Westworld, which is going to be in twenty nineteen sometime? <laughs> maybe I mean, they'll finally explain how guns work. <laughs> I'm curious about whose consciousness um, or whose control unit. Charlotte has because it has to be someone, a host or whomever that is like devious and that you would want to put into the body that's of someone that Dallas trusts and to like bring yeah. down, to bring down the company basically. And so I'm curious about who that would be, like what kind of subterfuge this new Charlotte. We will were be saying le- before, will be leading before, right after the show. Danny and I were talking. And we said that would that it would it, you would think it'd be Angela, right? Because it's mm-hmm. like she's she's somebody that Dolores can trust. And, you know, whatever. But she did blow up in the cradle. So I don't know who Dolores' most trustworthy, you know, associate is at this point. Um, but yeah, that, that'll, I mean, there, there's a lot of questions about who are the people that are going to make it out. Um, how do guns work is a great one. Yeah, I'm not I mean, quite sure how this stuff happens. Um, I would, my question would be, how long can you wait in heaven for the person you love to show up? Because if you're Teddy and you're just waiting there. Why like, are you obsessed with Teddy? <laughs> like, seriously. How are Teddy you not? Let like, Teddy go. Because like can I, James I like Marsden Teddy, can, can be be, can be great, and he's not great. In this. I have wait. Let's I, let him go. Teddy, I have one more Teddy, question. I got oh back. my fucking guy. He did. <laughs> That's what it's, uh, Teddy is dead. Let it go. We're, we're getting we're getting punchy. I have a really stupid question. This show's all about uh, like you know really really deep questions. I have a really stupid question. Yes. What was Dolores's plan? Which what? time? Right. I mean, <laughs> she like, went into the forge. I, I totally understand. Like, okay, so. So, I, I, first of all, why did she bring, why did she want to bring William with her to the to the Valley Beyond or to the Forge or whatever? But second of all, when she went there, I understand why she wanted to destroy the Valley Beyond because she thought it was an evil uh, thing that was created to further, you know, string the host along. But that's not why she was there. She was there to get the, ho- get the human data and what? So she says to William when they first magically somehow meet in the field, she says, we're nothing alike. You're a monster, but a monster is what I'll need to get to the Valley Beyond. You're coming with me. Yeah. Due respect. That makes no sense at all. <laughs> like that, she didn't need him at all. She literally was such well, an impediment. We said that, she yeah. needed nothing from him. Right. That's what I just said. But here, but so here's like, this, I, I this, is, this is the question, though. I mean, in, in her defense, she didn't finish her plan. Right. Whatever right. she was yeah. going to do, she got shot before she did it. Maybe her plan was to go put. Uh, one of those consciousnesses from her bag into the maybe she she was going to leave in his body, you know maybe that's I mean maybe question. that was part maybe that was what her plan that's what I'm asking I guess my question is why wasn't Dolores's plan like why was she wasting all this time why wasn't Dolores's plan just Bernard's plan like why didn't she just go well, make herself a a, a Charlotte Hale body and just jump in there Well, like, I think that's ultimately what why they agreed to do it is because she realized that it made more sense to do it his way that he had a better Compromise. How so is she going to get out by her plan? I think her plan was destroy first and then get there second. Yeah, I mean that is kind of the path she's been on all season. <laughs> Am I missing anything, Micah? I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, like I honestly, it didn't make any sense to me either. Um, 
That was my okay, Juliet. Am I missing anything? Not that I Do can think of. Do I have a plan? Yeah. For myself or for watching the show going forward? Life? Yeah, of course. I've always got a plan, man. Have you planned another season of Westworld to recap? That's why I walk around with a notebook with my name on it all the time. It has my plans in it. <laughs> um, thank you, Juliet. Thank you, Micah. Uh, qualified. Thank you, Danny. And uh, thank you to everybody in the back. This has been a great joy. Thank everybody for listening, for watching. And uh, just remember, no system can tell you who you are. Good night. Our theme song was made by our friends at songfinch.com. Check out Songfinch to turn your stories, memories, and feelings into a -a one-of-a-kind song by professional musicians. It makes the perfect gift for any occasion. songfinch.com. 